Lila. Welcome to Art Crush International. I'm your host for today, Svea Vikander, journalist, resident of the Great White North. I am Josephine Burdens, textile artist, resident of a country a little bit more south of the north, Belgium. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think anybody's ever described Belgium as a little bit more south of the north, but it's true. It, it is true. She, you are south of the north. Okay. And um, yeah, so we have a show. We take you into the artist studios of the world, whether they are the south of the north or the north of the south. That's because artist studios are really interesting and exciting places to be. There's always fun stuff to uncover and uh, possibly knock over. Josephine, who do we have a crush on this week? This week, we have a crush on David Wilson. You know, that is a name I can get behind. Wilsons are good people. No, no, because they're always in the back of the line next to me, you know, because like my last name is Vikander. It's a V and the V is next to the W. Mm -hmm. I have known many Wilsons in my time. Um, But David Wilson is a very talented artist and he makes works that are aesthetically pleasing, socially pleasing and male pleasing too. Male pleasing? What, tell me more about this male pleasure component. Mm. So this male pleasure component, and this might be disappointing, is a postal male oh, pleasure component. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. Yeah. So David yeah, Wilson, that, you can yeah. write him a letter and he'll send you a letter back. <gasps> really? Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. I love it. Did you send him a letter yet? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> mm. But I think you did, right? Because you got mail from David Wilson. Oh, I did get mail from David Wilson, um, but I never sent him a letter. He just sends me things. Oh, my God. <laughs> you lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> so this is very postal mail pleasing, I would say. <laughs> yes, that, definitely. That's what I would call it. Yeah. Postal mail pleasing. It's like a party mm-hmm. in your mailbox. Shall we? Let's take them. Let's go. Yeah. It's exciting. Okay. I'm glad you're excited. Let's go. Yay. My name is David Wilson, and I'm an artist, and I live in Oakland, California, and I like to draw, and I like to organize things. So Josephine picked me up, but I was not available because I was on a call because I had completely forgotten this uh, interview, and so I'm actually wearing my pajamas. Ooh, that's my pajamas. Nice. <laughs> so at least I'm wearing a bra. Top notch, Svea. Top notch. Top notch. Still on double <laughs> we pull up to David's house. Okay. It's going great. I appreciate it. It's a single family home on a tree lined street. Also, the bar tracks are very close by. Did you say go to the front door? Uh, there was nothing as like that in the oh. mail. We walk up the front stairs, but... Because I hear, like, kids in here. We decide not to ring the doorbell, because it sounds like there's kids inside. Huh. Is there a path to the back? Well, on the other side, I thought, although, I'm not sure. Maybe we should try that before we disturb a family. Before we ring the doorbell? Yeah. (laughs) We push open the unlocked wooden gate and step inside. That's okay. Let's hope we don't get shot. This is America. 
Oh, look at this bougainvillea! Svea oh gets God, really so excited gorgeous. about a huge bougainvillea plant that's growing up the side of the house and hanging down over a large handcrafted wooden table. I love bougainvillea, and if you do too, you should follow this strange little Instagram account called For the Love of Boog, with underscores for underscore the underscore love underscore of underscore boog. Hey, whole thing with the table? Hi! How are you? Sorry we're late. Beautiful place. Hey, nice to see you too. We meet David, who is standing in his immaculate art space. It's not quite a studio because he does most of his artwork outside. So this is a place for carefully storing artworks, for thinking about things, designing things, organizing things. It's very nice. Yeah, so it's the, a yeah, beautiful no, art yeah, studio. And, and since I work outside primarily, I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to have the kind of space that would be more for like looking at art, um, mm-hmm. since making, yeah. m- making mm-hmm. work right. tends to happen outside, so not needing it to be... Basically, the function is to, to look at things. There's a lot of beautiful framed drawings of natural items, landscapes, the great outdoors. It was formerly a garage um, back when cars were small, and I think it was built in 1916, the same year as our house. And when we first moved in, again, this was leaky, the floor would flood, and it just was a a very rough space. We are now kind of after a year of me chipping away at renovating this space we're in now, clean and art safe kind of space. So um, floor is concrete and it was recently re-poured, so it kind of has has that freshness to it. The ceiling was a little exercise where I use the wood that I use to make frames and basically milled strips. This was about a 10 hour project of standing in front of the table saw, which of course did end in emergency room visit. Uh, It it did. Yeah, it did. And of course, Svea wants to hear more about that. Um, Well, I mean, of course, when I got to the point where I had safely felt like I had milled enough of this material to, to do this ceiling, um, and thought, I don't want to have to, to like realize I, I'm kind of come up short, so let me just do even more. And uh, and that was my eyes were glazed over and I just reached in and just just touched the saw blade as it was spinning. Uh, you know, amazing the body. I mean, it's a very subtle scar on the tip of my thumb. I reached in. Wait, it's horizontal? It, yeah, it's it's. It's kind of just like across the tip there. Okay, wow. So yeah, I just re- re- reached in, yeah, amazingly, and just, you know, zip, wow. and, right, you know, of course. So there is one piece in here and it's got a little blood stain on it, which, you know. <laughs> and of course, um, Svea wants to find that um, bloodied piece yeah, on the I, ceiling. There's there's a, there's the actual piece I, I is on the side of the house. Yeah, I, I know where that oh, is, okay. but there's like a but just like no little like split, splits. Little... <laughs> oh man, it's... It's this literal, like, sweat and blood. Yeah, there. exactly. I mean, well, you can see some, some of the saw marks there. I think it was in one of these ones, kind of. <laughs> anyway. How many stitches? It, it was actually the glue. They went yeah. for the glue. But whatever. I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm whole. And uh, the room, you know, has, has that little extra juju. Um, but yeah, it's a wood ceiling. Um, strips of old... Uh, old growth Douglas fir. And yeah, you're pointing at my, my cassette player, which is probably my 12th one of those, if not more. I have a real relationship with that particular model. It's a, you know, battery powered. It has a built-in microphone, a really kind of nice condenser microphone. So it tends to make everything sound good if you're recording outside 
which I tend to do with a lot of the kind of gathering projects that I do. So yeah, there's a little chunk of wood serving as a stand, also a, a storage solution. Cool. Yeah, got some tapes in, in the works. Do you listen to music when you're working? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really like listening to music. What and are you listening to now? Let's see, right now I think it's uh, my dentist growing up as a child had this, he was a very awkward Vietnam vet who didn't have much of a ease of rapport with his younger kids the, who he worked on. His son was a bootleg tape guy at a flea market mm-hmm. and offered them as, like, again, like a way of connecting with like oh. the kids in his practice. Um, but I was really the only, in, in the end, like the only kid who was really taking him up on it. So I just, every time I would go to the place, he would just like let me go wild in like the bootleg tape room of the dentist office. So this is a Talking Heads live. This is like from the uh, Stop Making Sense tour. Oh my God. So yeah. Oh my God. Live in Milwaukee, 84. Oh my yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is how I, you know, got a lot of music actually. What are these here? This was a gift from my friend Kelly Best. Aww. who's a woodworker in the Bay Area. He's an esthete in his own very rough, natural way. I forget which tool store this is from. It might be from Hita Tool down mm-hmm. in, in North Berkeley, but yeah. Uh, I've since worked with him and a few others. Paul Disco, who's kind of like an OG woodworker in mm-hmm. West Oakland, who was part of the first wave of the San Francisco Zen Center coming to the mm-hmm. to the Bay Area and was sent by Suzuki Roshi, the teacher, to go to Japan to learn temple carpentry mm-hmm. in, in the 70s. So he was lived there for a few years. He's, again, just um, a real like resource in this like pre-industrial Japanese-style carpentry. And I, I've worked with him and a group of people on a, a, a couple of projects, but one more involved five-year-long house-building project. So yeah, this is a chisel I'm holding. You can see I have not taken the best care of it. There's little chips and things in the front, which Paul would not be happy with. Um, but the first phase of that class was basically learning to sharpen your chisel on, on a stone, a whetstone which I missed actually. I was, I was working on a project and so I don't, uh, I've like never like learned the proper uh, technique. I'm always like, am I, am I doing it right? Well, also I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little neglectful and lazy, but that's okay. David shows us his catalog of invitations. I, put the, I made this box and started putting this together. Paper um, archived in a handmade wooden box. And they are literally invitations to music events, to art events, community events. I like how it came out. So it's basically a photocopied um, little guide to what's in this box with these what, what miniatures. Was the Facebook thing you did? David was the first artist in residence at Facebook, and he invited the employees to hang out on the salt flats near their offices. He also made them return the invitation in a wooden box if they wanted a print of one of his salt flat drawings. And then having these incidental little conversations <laughs> with their neighbors of like, oh, I meant to do that. Do you have any extra? And, like, and if they didn't do it, meh. He didn't give it to them. Oh, no, sorry. That was kind of a point, wanting to like have that kind of commitment mm-hmm. to each other. And, you know, like, you know, that kind of like little like, what? teaching a lesson. Yeah, what? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a kind of a cool, I mean, yeah, it was, I had a good experience. Do you do any artwork outside here? At my house? Yeah. I'll draw outside, but mostly it's by design incentive to kind of walk on site yeah but i can show you something which is kind of cool yeah yeah it's the coolest thing oh, ever no show, way. Show, show you my outdoor bathroom you have an outdoor shower yeah. and, and uh an outdoor, an outdoor oh, toilet yeah um <laughs> an outdoor yeah, shower so, in oakland what's this handle from uh the handle was sent to me by my friend who lives in cape cod which is where i spent a lot of time growing up i want one that's amazing 
exciting. Yeah, so also... But do you shower out here? Yeah, this is where I shower and, and where I often go to the bathroom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is, right now. Your toilet paper is all soggy. I know, and yeah, now yeah. I have to start. Yeah. We head back inside and look for our best potential audio. Yeah. Wait, we, we, does we, that we come can, out? Uh, yeah, I can roll that out. Okay, how yeah. flexible are you? Uh, in terms of like, would you be like physically you flexible? Be it's probably the big low table on which David was showing us the invitations he'd made over the years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm. Would you be able to sit you know, underneath I, that table? Sure, sure. We with can, us? Yeah, we can get okay, under there. So I crawl in first, and David offers me a cushion. Oh, well, that's yeah. not. I mean, there's only one. Oh, I can sit on this. Okay. Well, what's Josephine gonna sit on? Oh yeah. We need to she has that. a scarf. Yeah, I guess I'm a scarf. Then Josephine begins to pass me the equipment. This one is for us. Yeah, one of them, like, one of them. Do these um, tripods go any lower? Is this as low I as they can go? Okay, because it's, uh... Is it too high? Yeah, and also... And I grab at the mics blindly because I can move my arms but not my head. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be okay. <laughs> David crawls in opposite us. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna do more of a recline, I think. Yeah, you yeah. can, yeah. but we need you to be close to this Is guy. Is this close enough? No. No? No. How close? With a small wooden box, Svea has maneuvered into a mic table between us. Yeah. I'm too tall to sit up entirely, so I kind of lean against Svea's leg. Yeah. <laughs> Very cozy. I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm an East Coast person and basically hung in that area for most of my life. I went to school at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, so that's also right in the pocket there in New England, and uh, studied art amongst other things there, religion and philosophy and cultural studies, material cultural studies, and, and then moved pretty directly into a focus in drawing, coming from a few years in the painting department. And that was also a shift for me back into what felt like the kind of inspiration and agency of exploration. I kind of always thought about that kind of like moment as an important one, just to kind of think about what way you work as the central question in, in art making and finding the way to work that enables you to be the way that feels right in the way that you want to kind of engage the world. So moving out of the studio was very liberating and also finding material such as drawing that was portable that uh, again just kind of became my counterpoint to movement moving through this town and getting to know it really deeply so I spent my final year there kind of making a series of almost surveying drawings I always thought it was like encouraging good habits in terms of mental health too just kind of the being able to engage in walking and engage in that time and then I'd also had a background in music so planning shows was a part of my early childhood and you know growing up in suburban places where there weren't necessarily if you want to play music for your friends you would do it in someone's house so that kind of home-based house show self-organizing instinct was always a pretty natural thing and just being a social person I think um, that translated into like the kind of other side of my work which is evolved as like a community-based organizing practice so I've, I organize a lot of things and they tend to intersect out in the spaces that I find when drawing so yeah moving to California when I was 23 I was kind of taken by that intersection and proximity between the, the city and, and the open space so my time drawing again was just a perfect kind of counterpoint to get to know this new area and uh, and to take it in through the, the lines and then share it through the organizing so bringing people together in these different spaces that I had gotten to know while drawing. 
the period where I was working at a bakery. I was doing these early morning delivery routes. You know, I'd start at 5 a.m. and initially I didn't know the area at all, so it would take me, you know, a couple hours to, to get through it all. Eventually, as I got to know the area and just got to know my route faster and faster, I, I, I could go faster and faster and um, end up with a, an hour to basically have on my own. So during those little bakery delivery hours, I explored and found all these different spots that have since been like touchstones for various projects and, and drawing ideas. And then kind of proposed organizing something there with those friends who I was playing music with and just put together a little evening event. And uh, people used a map that we made and came together to hang out and listen to some music. And mm-hmm. it was quite a special evening. And it kind of turned into a little bit of like a seasonal outdoor music series. And then that particular form lasted about a year or so, or a year or two. And then those friends, Daniela and Frank, moved away and then I kind of continued on with that and just kind of also when organizing projects that are bringing people together you also are exposing yourself and getting into all kinds of new conversations and collaborations and so the kind of ideas moved also into broader territory than just music you know it became food friends you know so food collaborations and you know ideas of like building space or kind of creating more of an installation to support the gathering or again just turning it more towards just these other kinds of more open experiences rather than a focused performance. So yeah, that just became its own little series of things that happened over from about 2006 till 2010 or so was like a pretty steady stream. And then I also started to kind of get a little more support from various institutions and things and started to kind of do more institutional collaborations. And and that kind of then just has also evolved what that is, but always a strong instinct to get people together. Is that something that you had to deal with a lot when you were doing these gatherings? Uh, like with like police complaining? Sometimes, yeah, complaining. yeah. This yeah. is America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, which is interesting. And, and a lot of the designs for organizing this kind of came from this funny, like, what can you get away with mm-hmm. mentality? And it's almost like since there's not a space that's like readily being offered, you have to kind of take it. And so even if like the taking of it is like a very gentle taking of it, like singing a song with some people to get you know like a it's not like a a hard hard effect on a space but still it is like you're compromising some some rules Mm -hmm. so yeah there was definitely occasions when we would encounter some authority are you cognizant of the privilege that it requires to do this kind of work as space becomes more of a challenge for everyone having had enough privilege like you said to even think that you're able to do something and to be able to like navigate a police conversation safely is a privilege i found when i looked at the drawings and the way you present them and also like the mail art you do and then the archival box you have that a lot of work or for me it's like um related to archiving yeah in general would you consider archiving as a part of your art practice yeah absolutely i have a funny archive situation in my basement, which is a different space. It's actually more of a crawl space, you know, just under the house, but I'm sure all the actual archivists in my world would frown upon it because it's, you know, not vented and whatnot, but I have bins of like all the, because I create a lot of print work, a lot of imitations, and I always make way more of than I need to, or not necessarily always, but generally. I always, that arch- archivist instinct to like 
keep some extra or like when, once you've already gone mm -hmm. through the effort of making something like might as well make a few more <laughs> but which results in probably about 20 bins of print ephemera that I've like kind of archived and collected to figure out how much I have of everything and for what eventual moment to share I don't know but having them yeah no I, I think a lot about that I mean anytime again print work there's like an addition brain you know kind of thinking about how to how to keep it and think about it and share it and, and would you consider your landscape drawings also a form of archiving I think about them as like a time capsule um so I think that that could be a connection there mm -hmm. in terms of it's like an archive of a period of time or you know marks lines being somehow indicative of like a amount of eye movement yeah. <laughs> you know since generally working with line there's like a real connection between the time spent looking and the time and the marks made so yeah i think about about them as these kind of markers of time and especially drawings that larger drawings generally are composed of multiple pieces so i try and also kind of push myself to work rather than thinking about the whole you know think about each piece in each kind of moment of sitting and drawing so looking at a large drawing sometimes you're looking at you know many smaller pieces put together um so it is inherently like a collection uh so yeah, yeah i think those are apt yeah. <laughs> thoughts <laughs> thank you yeah. where does ribbons come from the name specifically came from a conversation with my friend frank in a very 24 year old 25 year old instinct to name things it's like your project should have a name kind of conversation um so the word ribbons from being honest came from a conversation about farts and about how we like oh yes yeah, so, <laughs> i think that was yeah that was my phone yeah, that, yeah. oh that was oh, my phone oh, yeah wow, well okay. an app timing and yeah app timing yeah yeah <laughs> anyway so it's again kind of embarrassing kind of just what it is but basically we were having a conversation about how we visualize farts and my friend was saying it's you know he had like a cloud kind of metaphor and i was like well it's like ribbons like when you walk kind of it's a little trail and the kind of you could like walk around and we kind of joked about that anyway we we quickly let go of that first reference point but that if, if i have to be honest is is truly how that, that name came but i found that it's a very nice name because again the uh i mean a name allows for multiple associations especially gathering projects or organizing projects are inherently collaborative leaving it be like open to mm -hmm. lots of combinations of people but i think there is something nice about the idea of like being wrapped in a ribbon even if hopefully it's not a fart ribbon <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, i hope that's not the effect okay to see some examples of these events look at www.davidwilsonandribbons.com wow welcome back from david wilson's studio in oakland that was so amazing that shower in the garden i want that too i know i know you said that <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe he'll let us visit and shower. Maybe that could be part of his art project. Hey, David Wilson, art project idea. Let other people shower in your shower. Social practice. Wood, 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 wood. Everybody <laughs> loves social practice. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to, like, do you want to add, like, who do we have a crush on? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I think so. Should I say it? Yeah. Svea, who do we have a crush on next? 
Next episode, we have a crush on Samar Hijazi. Who's that? Samar Hijazi is a really wonderful Palestinian-Canadian artist. She is working out of the Akin Collective Studios in Toronto. And you can get a little head start on your steamy little crush at uh, Samar Hijazi on Instagram. So that's S-A-M-A-R-H-E-J-A-Z-I. But before we go, we should do our beautiful online thing of the day. For your bot today, I am giving you Ian Davenport. Ooh, all right. Wow. I like it already. (laughs) It's very colorful. It's very you. (laughs) Everybody else, you can see it in the show notes. You can find the link to it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. It's uh, definitely very colorful. It's very special, actually, because I'm like wondering if it's like all the colors, if that's a painting that's hanging on a wall or if it's like... Just like the whole image is a painting in itself because like the colors are like blurring out on the floor. Yeah. No, it's a it's a painting hanging on the wall. This is his technique. Is that he um, Oh wow. Yeah, so he's this artist and he does these vertical striped paintings. The one you're looking at has how mm-hmm. many stripes do you think in it? Like a hundred? Jeez. Two hundred? Yeah, maybe yeah. more. Two hundred? Five hundred? But he does this with yeah. hypodermic needles. So he angles the canvas and then he puts a little uh-huh. bit of ink on at a time with a hypodermic needle at the very top. And then he lets it drip all the way down to the bottom and then moves on to the oh next one. Oh my God. One. Yeah. All right. So the paint on the floor that I see, that's really like just paint on the floor. Yeah. Like he also has these other ones, right? Like below, if you scroll down a little mm-hmm. bit more, it's like these, yes, yeah, splashed paintings or like these blobs of paint that also started dripping. Yeah. Not as good. More like that, yeah. No, no, yeah that's good. That's yeah. not your beautiful online thing. The, the, these the hypodermic needle pore paintings, <laughs> that's your beautiful online thing. Definitely. It's yeah. beautiful. I love yeah. it. I love it too. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, but be nice. And you can sign up for our newsletter on artcrushinternational.com and follow the show on Instagram at artcrush underscore international. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Kisses. Hugs. (laughs) Strokes. (laughs) Love. Tendernesses. XOXO. (laughs) Stampras. Oh, um, yeah, another one. Yeah, zun is actually just kiss. Uh-huh. But we have two words for it. We have kus or zun. Ah. Yeah. Okay. We have so many words for kiss in English. Really? Yeah. Kiss, puss, smack. Uh Lip conversation. No, I'm making that <laughs> Lip conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Never, don't trust me ever. <laughs> don't, don't trust me. <laughs> okay, next next email I'll sign off with lip conversation. <laughs>